Deuteronomy 31. Everybody feel well-rested today with the extra hour of sleep? How many of you are like me and go, oh, it's actually only 10 o'clock, so I'll stay up an extra hour later? Anybody else do that? I don't know why. But nonetheless, here we are today. Deuteronomy chapter 31. We finished last week, if you'll remember, talking about our theme verse. And that's conquering through Christ and who he is and, and, and all that he can do for us. Um, but so often we kind of get sidetracked a little bit. So let's jump down to actually verse 14. Deuteronomy chapter 31 and verse 14. The Bible says this, And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thy days approach that thou must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation that I may give him a charge. Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of a cloud. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them. And will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Verse 17, then my anger shall be kindled against them. In that day and I will forsake them. Wow. And I will hide my face from them. And they shall be devoured and many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will say in that day, are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us. And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they have wrought and that they are turned unto other gods. I want to preach to you a message simply entitled and taken from verse, the end of verse 17. Is God among us? Is God among us? Let's pray and we'll begin. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity of being here today. Father, I pray that as we now come to the time where we look at your word, Father, would you help us to all tune in today and help us to be as present as we possibly can be. Father, help us to learn something and take away from this today about you being among us. Father, help us to realize the things in our life that are wrong. Help us to see them, show them to us very plainly. Father, help us to get close to you again. We love you. Thank you so much for dying on the cross for our sins. Without that, we have nothing. We pray all these things in Jesus' name, amen. I want you just to look back through this passage with me. Back to mainly verse 16 here. And I hope you understand that this is the time where Moses is now going to die. Moses is not able to enter into the promised land because of something that he himself did. He disobeyed God and because of that, he is not able to go into what God had originally promised him to do. And so now it's coming to the time where God is going to take his life. And so he says, get Joshua, which will be your successor. Get, them to get you two together. Come to the tabernacle and let's talk. Let's have a meeting. I'm going to tell you a little bit what's, how things are going to go. I'm going to let you know how things are going to go down. Things are going to happen. I want to draw your attention specifically to verse 16. And I want you to see this. And the Lord said unto Moses, behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers. Now how many of you can get excited about that? Boom. Hey, you're going to die. That's great. You know, that's really exciting. But I think what's even less exciting is this, is the fact that Moses already knew he was going to die. 
Moses already knew that there was a time appointed him. There was a time that he was not going to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. He knew that. But I want you to understand, for a lot of time, from the beginning of Deuteronomy to now Deuteronomy 31, Moses has spent a great deal of time talking and relaying information to the children of Israel. I'm not going to be here for very long, so here's a bunch of things that you need to know. For a a long time, even goes back into history. But look at the next phrase in verse 16. And this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land. Now does that seem ironic to anyone? That for 31 chapters now, Moses is preaching and teaching the people, don't go against God. Don't go against God. Make sure you're aligned with God. And he will never forsake you. He will never fail you. If you just stay aligned with God, just stay there. And the first thing that God says to him is, you're going to die, and the people are going to come over here, and they're going to rise up, and they're going to go whoring after other gods. Now, as a leader, how do you think that would feel? How do you think Moses feels right now? I can tell you right now how I would feel. If God told me that every person in this room today would not be serving Christ, but they'd be serving themselves somewhere else, it would break my heart. All the time that we teach and preach and we invest into you, it breaks my heart. It breaks my heart when anybody chooses to do that. Because we want you to serve God. We want you to be along and among Christ. But now God brings these two together and says, they're going to serve other gods. Now think of the leader coming in, Joshua. How excited he must be. Oh great, I'm going to lead the children of Israel into the uh, promised land and they're going to just do what they want anyway. What's the point? What, What a letdown really. What a feeling of rejection that I would feel. What a waste of time. What a waste of 31 chapters of the Bible. They're not going to listen anyway. What's the point? They're going to do what they want. So why am I even talking? While I believe this is absolutely depressing news for Moses and Joshua, but I believe what God gives us here in these few verses are absolutely pertinent to us today. They span centuries. You want to know something interesting about truth? Truth transcends time. I don't care where you are, I don't care what your culture is, I don't care what's going on, truth is truth all the time. And God gives us his words here today, and he says, listen, here are some things that you can understand, but I want you to understand something about serving other gods. We know that the children of Israel are going to go serve other gods, but here's what I want you to know. Serving other gods does not happen overnight. Do you understand that? So... I I know some of you here today, and I know that you are godly people. And you would not just automatically go serve other gods tomorrow. You know what happens? Serving other gods does not happen overnight. It's a slow process. You get wore down slowly, and so it doesn't just happen. It's a progression, and I want to show you that progression from our passage here this morning. The first thing that I want you to see is they were among them. Look with me. Bible says in verse 16, the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after other gods of the strangers of the land. Watch this. Whither they go to be among them. 
whither they go to be among them. Now I want you to understand this. The children of Israel are going to serve other gods because they were among the people of the land. Pay attention to that. That's very important. The children of Israel are going to serve other gods because they were among the strangers of the land, the people of the land. They are going to spend time with those people. They are going to be influenced by those people. They're going to be like those people. The people that inhabited the land the Canaanite people, the Perizzites, and all of those other ones, they, I hope you understand this, they were a cursed people. They were cursed because of what Ham did to Noah. Ham's son was Canaan. Canaan was cursed because of what Ham did. And all of these things are going down the line and these people are the descendants of Canaan. This is the land of Canaan. These people were a cursed people. Do you have any idea what the children of Israel were supposed to do to the cursed people? Destroy them. Get them out of the land. They are not, you are not to cohabitate with them. Do not Spend time with them. Do not go there. Do not do anything. They were supposed to get rid of them. They were to have nothing to do with them. They were not to join them. They were to rid the land of these people. Now some of us in North America think, how could God ever do such a thing? How could God ever tell the children of Israel to rid the land of these people? Again, remember they were a cursed people. They were against God. Yet we see, and we will see, in future chapters, and if you have any Bible knowledge whatsoever, you know that the children of Israel did not rid the land of the Canaanites. In fact, we know that they spent time with them. In fact, we know that they were influenced by them. In fact, we know that they became like them. They will begin serving their gods. I want you to know that today. They served other gods because there, there's a progression. They were among the strangers of the land. The second thing is they served other gods. So they were among them, which brought them to serve other gods. Look at verse 16 again. They will rise up and go a whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land. The Bible never minces words. I love it. I love the word of God and how every word is important. The Bible explicitly says this, that they went a-whoring after other gods. It wasn't just, oh, they worshipped other gods. It wasn't just, there's no sugarcoating it here. The Bible explicitly says they went a-whoring after other gods. Whoring means this, that they completely gave themselves over to other gods completely gave themselves over to other gods. They weren't flirting with it. They gave themselves completely over to it. They gave themselves over and over and over and over and over again to any god who would quote-unquote take them. They just wanted to give themselves away, so to speak. They didn't care about what another God stood for. 
They didn't care if he was the sun god or the star god or, or the grass god. They didn't care what he was. They just wanted to give themselves to it. They were a whoring, if you will. The gods were the gods of the strangers of the land. Notice that again. They're going to go a whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land. Do you understand this? They did not know these gods. They weren't their own personal gods. They were someone else's gods, and they began to see someone else's gods, and they wanted to serve them. These were not the gods that brought them through the Red Sea. These were not the gods that provided manna for them. These were not the gods that conquered many kings for them. These were not their gods. These were the gods of the strangers. Very important. When they served other gods, know this, they could not serve the one true God. Do you understand that? When they served another God, they could not serve the one true God. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You will either love the one and hate the other or hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. You can't do both. So they served other gods, which means, in number three, they forsook God. You understand that, right? You say, no way, no way, Pastor Yomas, did the children of Israel, God's own people, did they actually say, I will not have anything to do with my God anymore? Forsake him, turn their back on him and say, never again. Yes, they did. When they began to serve other gods, they forsook God. Look at verse 16. Gods are the strangers of the land, whether they go to be among them, and will forsake me. They forsook God. They turned their back on God. You know what they said to God? We have no more use for you. Can you imagine? We have no more use for you. We're going to forsake everything that you stand for. We're going to get away from you. We're going to stay away from you. Number four, I want you to see that they broke the covenant between them and God. Do you realize that God made a covenant with these people? God made a signed declaration, so to speak. He, he was so in tune with them that he wanted to make a covenant with them. And they're breaking this. Look at verse 16 again. And will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. Just as if it's, oh, doesn't matter. Flippant, oh, I don't care. I don't care if we, we, we committed ourselves to God or not. It doesn't matter. You're going to forsake me and just destroy, break the covenant. Do you realize what that means? Hope, understand this. That means that they would no longer be almighty God's people. You know what, that else, what else that means? That means that no longer would God be their God. Can you imagine? Can you imagine Having God not be your God. Can you imagine not being God's people? Can you imagine not having the blessings and, and all the protection and everything that goes along with that covenant that God created? Can you imagine not having that anymore? That's exactly what the children of Israel are going to do. They're going to break God's covenant. They no longer would be God's people. They would be the people of false gods. They would no longer follow God. They would be following 
another. I hope you understand that when people do this, God also has a recourse. So let's look at what God did. Verse 17. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day. So number one, very simply, God will be angry. God will be angry. Can you sympathize with that? Can you sympathize with you, your children, and you doing all you can do for your children, and you give to them, and you give to them, and they say, I don't want you anymore. I'm going away from you. I don't care what you've done for me. I'm going to forsake you, and I don't care what covenant we ever had, but I'm going to turn my back on you. What would that, how would that make you feel? I almost guarantee you at first you'd be angry. And God is no different. He says, then my anger will be kindled against them in that day. After all that God has done for them, now they want to walk away from him? I would anger. Number two, interestingly enough, after just a few verses before, he said, I will not forsake you. Look what he says here, verse 17. And I will forsake them. They forsook me, therefore I will forsake them. They again would no longer be God's people. He will be done with them. If they want to forsake me, I will forsake them. And we won't pretend we have a relationship. We won't pretend that we have this relationship anymore. If you're going to go a whoring after other gods, you're done. Forsaken. Look at verse uh, 17 again. We'll see number three. Number three, he says this. And I will hide my face from them. So number three, very simply, he will hide his face from them. He will hide his face from them. Understand this. God is not going to be there every moment of every single day meeting their needs anymore. He's not going to be there. He's not going to be giving them the, the food that they need. He's not going to be providing for them anymore. He's not going to be protecting them anymore. He's not going to be conquering for them anymore. It's done. He will not have his face seen. He will hide his face from them. They are not going to have face-to-face -face access with God anymore. Moses talked to God face to face he will not have a face to face access to God they just don't get to barge into the throne room of God anymore see number three he's going to hide his face from them I hope you'll see number four that when all of this happens when left to their own devices number four evil will befall them look at verse 17 again And they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them. You understand that when you forsake God without God's hand of protection, without God's wisdom, the people of the children of Israel make very unwise choices, ungodly choices, which leads to evil being done to them which leads to them doing evil, and it just continues in a, in a cyclical pattern, and it just keeps going over and over and over and over and over again. How many of you are encouraged right now? 
I want you to watch what happens at the end of verse 17, though. Now, I want you to understand this is important, so pay attention, please. The evil will befall them so that they will say in that day, watch now, are not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? I want you to understand something. These people will come to the realization one day. They'll come to the realization themselves. You ever tried to help somebody who doesn't want to be helped? Doesn't work very well, does it? They have to want to be helped. You see, the people of the children of Israel, they will someday come to a realization themselves. They will realize this. God is not among us. God is not among us. I want you to notice the key words. The first step that they took is that they were among the people. And we see now that the last thing they realize is that God is not among us. I believe the key word in this passage is among. So I looked up the key word among. And in Strong's Dictionary, Strong's defines among as the nearest part. The nearest part. I want you to see something. There comes a point in every person's life when something becomes near and dear to them. My wife became near and dear to me. And when you think you can't love somebody anymore, you have children. And they become near and dear to you. Now understand, sometimes that thing changes. I'm so glad that my wife is still near and dear to my heart. I'm so glad that my children are still near and dear to my heart. But can I tell you, the friends that were near and dear to my heart when I was in high school, unfortunately, not so much anymore. You know why? Because I wasn't among them anymore. Man, we used to hang out all the time. We used to go to each other's houses. We used to sit around and talk. We used to have campfires together. We used to all kinds of fun things. We were with each other all the time. Five, six, maybe seven days a week if they went to the same church as us. I was among them. Then I went to college. Moved away. And so did they. You know what? I wasn't among them anymore. You see, the key word is among. And so because the people I'm among here today... Those are the ones who are near and dear to my heart. Let me ask you this question. When did they realize that God wasn't among them? When did they realize that God wasn't with them? When did they realize that God wasn't near and dear to their heart? Pretty simple. In the day that the evil befell them. Just... Evils befalling them and evils befalling them and evils befalling them and they're being destroyed and all of these devoured, the Bible uses, and then all of a sudden they go, I'm pretty sure all these evils are come upon us because God is not among us. Let me ask this question. Why was God not among them? Why? Why? Well, you say, Pastor Yomans, it's because they went among the other people. You've already said that. Well, that's partially true. 
But you ever wonder, how do you get among the other people? How do you get among the strangers of the land? How do you do that? How do you leave God and go to serve something else? How, how does that process happen? I want you to look at verse 20. It answers it for us. Now pay attention to this, please. For when I shall have brought them into the land, which I swear unto their fathers, that floweth with milk and honey, watch this now, and shall have eaten and filled themselves and waxen fat. Here it is. Then will they turn unto other gods and serve them and provoke me and break my covenant. I want to give you something. I want you to write it down. Put it somewhere where you will always remember it. Focus changes when we no longer have needs, just wants. Focus changes when we no longer have needs, just wants. Do you see what's happening to the children of Israel? God brings them miraculously. God works, God, God conquers for them. They are so close to God. They are so, if you will, again, aligned with God. They are with him. They trust him. They have faith in him. They br God brings them into the promised land, a land that he gave to them, a land that flows with, with milk and honey, everything they'll ever want, wonderful things, amazing things. And then they begin to eat, drink, and be merry. And the Bible uses the term waxen fat. They have no need of God anymore. They just have wants. A couple weeks ago, in our Connect classes, our Sunday school classes, we were walking through on being content, the things that we have. We talked about this. What's the difference between a need and a want? You know, the list of needs was pretty short if you're really truthful about it. The list of wants just keeps growing. You see, focus changes when we no longer have needs, just wants. The children of Israel did not have need for conquering. The children of Israel did not have need for food. The children of Israel did not have need for clothing. They did not have need for houses. They did not have need for vineyards. They did not have need for anything. And so they just began to want and want and want I want to bring this to an application. I want to bring it home and make it personal. I don't know if there are any of us that truly look around and see the land in which we live. Do you ever look around and look at Canada and go, wow, we have a wonderful place to live. It is amazing, beautiful country, a land that, if you will, flows with milk and honey. Things are great. Go out west and the fields are full. Things are amazing. We have full fields all around us. Everything is wonderful. Pretty well all of our needs are met. We have everything we could ever need. God has truly given us this land and we don't think there's anything wrong. We don't think that we have any problems. We look at other countries and go, oh man, I would hate to live there. 
Oh man, God, please don't send me there as a missionary. Or all of these other things. We look at third world countries. Listen, Canada is a great nation. We have it so good and God has chosen to place us here in this place. But can I ask, is God among us? Is God among us? No, I mean seriously, is God among us? You can go, you can go, I mean, we're, we're a Christian nation. I mean, I'm here in church this morning. No, you, you, you want to understand something. You know the laws that God gave the children of Israel in Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, and even Exodus? You know all those laws? You want to know something interesting? It doesn't appear that the children of Israel ever stopped fulfilling those laws. So in their minds, you know what they're doing? Pleasing God. They're pleasing God. Well, we're doing everything God told us to do. I'm fulfilling my duty, if you will. But all in all, they ended up serving other gods. I want to take you to Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Talk about the churches. Seven churches. You to see verse 14. The Bible says this. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These saith the Amen, the faithful and, the true, faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Watch this, verse 15. I know thy what? Read it with me. Works. I know thy works. That thou art neither cold nor hot. God saying to the angel says, I would thou wert cold or hot. So then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Watch now. Because thou sayest, I am rich. And increased with goods. And have need of nothing. But what we don't realize. And knowest not. That thou art wretched. And miserable. And poor. And blind. And naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. That thou mayest be rich. Come to me and I'll make you rich. And white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. And that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And anoint thine eyes with eye salve. That thou mayest see. Verse 19 is incredible. And as many as I love. I rebuke and chasten. Be zealous therefore and repent. Watch. Behold. I stand at the door and knock. Any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him, and he with me. To him that overcometh, will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Would you all look at me just for a second? 
I am not naive enough to think that every person in this room will hear what I'm saying this morning or what the Bible is saying this morning. But he that hath an ear, let him hear. Understand that there are times in our lives that every single one of us thinks that we're okay. I mean, wars are not ensuing. You know, every, all bad things are not happening just because I'm sinning a little bit. So I must be okay. We get to that point. All of us get to that point. And every one of us thinks we're okay at some point. But there God is saying, I know your works. He's talking to a church. And he says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man... Hear my voice and open the door. I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. You know what that tells me? That churches don't have God among them. It's God among us. How many of you hear God's voice maybe on a daily basis? Can I come in? How many of you even hear the voice of God? How many of you let him in? How many of you actually sup with him? How many of you allow God to be the nearest and dearest thing to you? I would venture to guess it's a small percentage of us. No, not because I think you're all wicked, vile sinners. Not because I think you're the worst thing that ever happened to this world, but because I know human nature. What, when is the point that you realize God is not among us? There, it, it comes differently for all different people. Some people, it's a car accident, some people, it's a death in the family, some people, it's an encouraging word. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and pictures of silver. For some, it's a message. For some, it's reading your Bible. For some, who knows what it is, but can I ask you, have you heard the voice of God? And have you opened the door? And have you let him become among you? The nearest part, I would, again, venture to say most of us in our current culture have taken the things that we want we begin to try to fulfill those things. We look at the people around us. And we go, man, I want that. Man, I want that and I want to covet that. And why can I be like them? And it, it seems like they're having so much fun and they're not living for Christ. And you know what we end up doing? We start looking at them and turning our back on God. And we start becoming among them. We start taking steps toward them. We start becoming among them and we start... All of a sudden, before you know it, we're worshiping their gods. We're pursuing everything that the world is pursuing. Listen to me. Understand me. Truth transcends time. And our culture is not godly. Listen, that doesn't mean that everything in our culture is ungodly. 
There are some things out there by all means take part of. But listen, there are ungodly gods out there that every one of us is trying to serve. Because we want to be among them and because we no longer have need of anything. We just have wants. We want a different husband or wife. We want the latest technology. We want a different style of music. We want a a different lifestyle. We want a different style of worship. This happens because we are so used to getting what we want. Our bellies are full and we're waxing fat, which takes us down the rabbit hole of pleasing ourselves. And when we do this, we turn our back on God. We forsake him. Is it any wonder when we look at our nation We don't see the hand of God moving. Is it any wonder? Is it any wonder? Does any person ever wonder, has God hidden his face from us? Is it any wonder why we are seeing evil all around us? Is it any wonder? Is God among us? Listen to me, I know this. You cannot control the world. Can't do it. You can look at our world And you can go, God is definitely not among them. But if this church, this body of believers right here today, would be among God, we would see the land conquered. I wish we could get this. We would see the land conquered. No gods. Things would be the way that God intended it to be. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Is God among you? Is God the dearest thing to you? Or is there something else that you want? Don't let anything else be near and dear to your heart but God. Is God 